Shut up and sit down. I'm totally gonna go vegan this season. You shaved your legs? Does shaving your legs really make a difference? Man, shaved legs make such a difference. Look at that guy with the hairy legs. You are listening to the Dial Podcast with Matt Lee Grand, Evan Price, Rance Hepler, and Jake Von Turing. Optional listening required. Enjoy episode 104. Totally going vegetarian this season. Eating is cheating, man. I think protein is really gonna help me out in my season. Hey, man, do you have a gel? Do you guys have some lube I can borrow? Hi, and welcome back to the Dial Podcast. I am Jake Fondering, and I'm here with Evan Price. Oh, oh wow! I'm first this time. First, this is this is throwing me off. I was I was almost gonna do Lance's intro there for a second, just like just instinctually. I was I was you should have. I was gonna call myself romance there for a second. <laughs> um, I today am drinking an energy drink, and I started this new little like chocolate um, organic protein thing because Cassie's been telling me I don't eat enough protein, and I'm starting to wither away. So I'm trying to. I'm trying purely inspired organic protein. Its flavor is decadent chocolate. To be honest, it's way too much chocolate. Entirely too much chocolate. But it has two grams of net carbs and 20 grams of protein. Plant-based. You can smell it! I know. I'm basically <laughs> vegan right now. To I, this is this is about as vegan as I'll as I'll get. This is as close to Lance Hepperl as I'll get. But I'm telling you, you gotta you gotta make the switch. Life is good. Yeah, that's okay. I think. Well, I I'm almost vegan, except for last night I had hamburgers and a meat pizza <laughs> on Saturday, and then Friday I had chicken and rice. But outside of that, basically vegan. Okay. Yeah. Hallelujah. He's a mall up works. early. <laughs> that voice, you know him, you love him, Mr. Lance Epler. Uh, Lance Romance, I'm not sure I'm really that loved. I think I'm more hated than loved, and, and I can uh, I can deal with that. So You want people What's to up? be scared of how much they love you, right? <laughs> Michael Scott. I want, I want you to love me so much it hurts. You hate me, yeah. <laughs> you hate how much you love me. And everybody's favorite, Matt Legrand. What's up, ladies and gentlemen of the internet? How are you guys doing? You guys look fantastic, and I'm quite scared of how much I love Lance. Oh, yeah. There we go. Now I feel better. (laughs) There it is. (laughs) Awesome. I, uh, let's see here. Who who do we want to start with the backpedal to? There's so many different things that have gone on. Evan, I'm going to take you, I'm going to just take you first again today. This is where, like, I want to leave this open for 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 birthday boy, and bir- and birthday oh. boy over here is Jake Von During, who was not going to share that it was his birthday. I'm sure on this on this podcast today, he's he's one of those secret birthday people. I feel like he just quietly has a birthday and hopes that nobody <laughs> will notice. 
<laughs> I was done having them about 11 years ago, so I don't know what the Are big whoop 30? is. Are you 30? Like I've told you, I'm planning on being 30 for at least another decade. Uh, so. I'll, I'll be there with you. Yeah, there you go. Me yeah. and Jake are the same age. <laughs> <laughs> um, Backpedal-wise, not too much. Uh, had a pretty relaxing weekend. We babysat another dog, which was great. Little blue healer named Scout. Very high-energy dog. Very high energy. What's up? Did you guys open up another business? Or I think so. Like I, think, I think we're just we're getting so lonely during COVID. We're just like just bring us your dogs. <laughs> we'll just if, if you need a breather from your dog at home. Just How about bring kids? It over. You guys want some kids? No, that's okay. I think we draw the line at as soon as it's not an animal anymore. So. Oh, <laughs> I'm gonna drop three of them off for you. Pets, pets only. Yeah. No, no. I, J- Jake's kids are great. I would. Uh, J- and your uh, your daughter just ran her first five k. She did. Didn't she? Yeah. I'm taking Jake's back, back pillar. Your back pillar will be way more interesting than mine this week. I trained some, woke up on Thursday and did the the Thursday morning world's ride is is really a, a smattering following right now of about four people at a time. So if you're really... Well, you're up to four people. That's huge. I thought you were stuck we, at two. We had, Given that it's at 4.30 in the morning, that's pretty good. I know. I know. I got a, I got a message from uh, uh, David Busey. Do, do, do you guys know David? Yeah. I've never, I've never actually met David in person, but it seems like a super, super nice guy. But he was giving me some very helpful tips on how to, how to make us with. He was ride. at your Everesting challenge. I'm sure you've met him before. Oh, was okay, okay, yeah. Oh no, 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 no. I do, I do know who who, who it is now. Yes, okay, very, yeah, very nice awesome. guy. Yeah, and he's organizes a very well put together Zwift ride on Friday mornings uh, at like 4.15 a.m. Yeah, he's, he's, he's on, like 100 he's on people our team, but he's also a big, uh, I think he's on the board or the, the founding fathers or whatever mm-hmm. it is for the, the team ODZ. ODZ, which is, yeah. gotcha. That's where, okay. It's like one of the okay. biggest online teams. Oh, yeah, yeah. So he's got a very solid following and a good 4.15 a.m. ride. So I have, I have no excuses. I just don't organize Zwift rides super well. Might be a timing thing. <laughs> <laughs> I think so. But yeah, outside of that, just chugging along. Almost to Thanksgiving here. My favorite holiday. Cool. Matt, backpedal, bud. Yeah, I um, my knee was bugging me a good bit this past week because Evan pushed me too hard in our, like, whatever class. I don't know what you're calling those classes, Evan. Fit- I was going to call it a fitness class, but... It's that um, gonna date me. Sur- sur- survival classes is what we call them. Survival class. Uh-huh. And, uh, Teach you how so to crawl on the ground and jump over boxes. This week, but I did not miss any days. And I rode um, Zwift, I think, six out of the seven days. So there's something there. And um, I rode outside once. And it was like trying to get a ride in before the rain started and, you know, got rained on or whatever. But it wasn't a big deal. But at least I got outside once, I figure. I also swam twice, which is all I can really fit in um, with the schedule that they have for the pool in my current, like, work schedule. And I ran twice, um, which was not great. My Achilles is still mangled. It's hanging on by a thread. Ouch. Yeah. Matt, were you? Uh, uh, do you know if Lackmas is going to remain uh, swimmers open for the, the the way they're still doing it by like appointment? Yeah. So the state of so um, as of the record, recording of this video, the state of Washington is in a bit more of a lockdown um, situation. Or technically, it's like tonight it goes into more of a lockdown situation. So it's like midnight. Uh, bars tonight, and restaurants yeah. and things like that are getting a little bit more tight, um, and gyms are going to be closed. Uh, technically this is an outdoor pool, so it wasn't specifically closed. So as far as we know, as of the recording of this podcast, 
It is going to be open for swimming. I can't imagine that's going to last long, but I don't know. Huh. Weird times again. Weird sure. times. So Matt, again. you want to you want to swim open water with me? Me and me and Josh yeah. were talking about I, it. We're actually yeah, we did. We talked about that at you know at that fitness class thing. Yeah. Um, I need to test some like unannounced products, and oh, so nice. I need to jump on it and do some open water swimming because I was gonna do that this weekend. Uh, but I, it was, yeah, I mean, it's pretty gross out. Like it's all the stuff. It's like, I need to like swim, bike and run. And it's really not nice outside. It was like hailing outside during my run yesterday. Yeah. Uh, really gross, but whatever. I mean, Evan, you're going to go out and do it anyway. Right. So might as well. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're, we're probably just planning on once a week swimming right now and on Saturdays, I'm going to have to amp myself up for five days each week just to get prepared to jump into the Columbia at that at these temperatures. It'll be great though. Uh, it, it'll be like learning yeah. to survival swim instead of training for swimming. It's like, okay, if you're in a bad situation and you fall off a boat and the boat goes away and it's, you know, December, are you going to be okay? Which I think is more yeah. useful training than like, you know, 10 by 100. Yeah. Way more useful. Way I more think useful. I'll probably do the opposite and like bundle up you know, with like four, you know, um, put on three or four layers of um, wetsuits <laughs> and then, uh, you know, a couple of skull caps, just some things like that to really keep warm before getting in that water. I'm not that good at swimming in the cold water, so we'll see how it goes. We should do a video of you bundled up like a true triathlete going for a cold water swim and then I'll be like guy who just fell off boat and I'll be wearing like jeans and a sweater and then we'll <laughs> like, see who makes it to the, who makes it to the beach first. Like a man thong and I think that'll... <laughs> I think we get the video, the hits, and the views will go up if we can get you wearing, a, you know, yeah. minimum amount of clothing. And, and as long <laughs> as I don't die, you can post on YouTube. So there's right. a Seinfeld quote in there somewhere about the water being cold. I don't know. Oh yes, uh, <laughs> I know the exact episode you're, you're talking about. George Costanza. Yeah, we'll George. Co- <laughs> That's a great George quote. The title last for these videos. <laughs> All righty, is that it, Matt? Sure. Sure. Was that technically a backpedal? I, sure. <laughs> so I actually think that, I mean, besides Lance, like I feel like a lot of our backpedals get a little bit boring during the wintertime because it used it's to be that awesome. it was like, we're talking about races and stuff like that. Now I'm lucky to even talk about an outdoor ride at all. So, yeah. Do you know what time of year, guys, it almost is? Do you remember when COVID quarantining first started? I was very passionate about reporting on Zwift racing. I believe we <laughs> yeah. are we are closing in on when Champ is going to need to take a back seat, and we're going to have to start reporting on actual Zwift racing here again. <laughs> oh, uh, nothing could make me sadder. If that's Lance, the case. I know you're so excited for this time of year where we get to virtually not actually race our bikes. But this. <laughs> uh, hey, Lance, why don't you backpedal now? Well, um, I did do some riding this last week. Uh, I rode every day outside. Um, what number are we on, Lance? I think Wait, I, we're on. 90. I think we're on ninety today. This morning was ninety. Correct. Okay. Yeah. So ten more days to go in our hundred day challenge. Um, I had lots of really good rides. I think last week I was in St. George. Was I in St. George when we recorded last week? St. Yeah. George? Yeah, you yeah. were. Sure. So right now, we, Brandy, my wife and I are in Mendocino, California. It's on the northern coast of California. Um, absolutely beautiful out here. We've kind of worked our way this direction. 
Uh, we spent another day in St. George. Um, I did some mountain bike riding around there. We had a we had a funny kind of event. I, I've ta- I've talked about my friend Cam, um, who is a pilot for Southwest Airlines, and he owns his own little tiny prop two seater airplane. Yep. And my wife and I were were camping out in the desert, right on the border of Arizona and Utah, and Cam buzzed us in his plane. <laughs> <laughs> he he like. He, we follow each other on Find My Friends so he could see where I was at. And he went out early in the morning, got in his plane. And all of a sudden, you could see this really low, this plane flying really low. And it comes around the corner. And my wife's like, Lance, that plane is pretty low. And I'm like, uh, yeah, that's Cam. <laughs> and, and sure enough, he flew over the top of our van like, 30 feet off the ground. It was, it was pretty hilarious. And then he called me and then, and then we laughed at each other and then I took a bunch of videos. So that I'm was still waiting fun. for him to throw some water balloons at you or something. <laughs> <laughs> he should have, he was concentrating on not crashing into the mountain that we were next to. So I'm glad he didn't. From now on, are you going to start picking your camp spots by like being like underneath <laughs> yeah. the tree? Or, uh, no, sure it was coverage from, it was like this awesome highlight. Uh, we, it was really cool that he found us and buzzed us, so that was kind of <laughs> cool. Um, from there, we drove into Zion National Park, and my wife and I did a little ride through Zion National Park through the canyon, which was fantastic. It's wintertime. There's very few people there, but it was super cold, but we really very much enjoyed that. That was nice. Uh, from Zion, we went to Las Vegas, I stayed with my buddy in front of the podcast, Ryan Lee. Um, in Vegas, I did some mountain biking with Ryan. I got to take him out on his brand new sparkly uh, orange uh, mountain bike. So um, we did some mountain biking out there. I did some road riding out there, which was very nice. My wife and I, we had a great time. From there, we drove to a little town called Beatty, Nevada, which is about two hours north. And there's a guy that has put in all these mountain bike trails around Beatty. He's trying to make it kind of a hot spot. But it's really cool. He he built all these trails. It's it's actually very close to Area 51 in Nevada. So there's there's actually a spot where you have to turn around because if you go further, you're in gov- – it's just not good. So <laughs> – um, but he like – he built these trailheads. He put in like bathrooms and showers for the um, for the mountain bikers, all free for use. You can donate if you want to. So we had a great time there. I did manage to crash um, on my mountain bike there. I was following Brandy. Brandy was mountain biking with me, and I'm riding with one hand and taking a photo with my iPhone, trying to take a photo of. And I hit a rock and went right over the handlebars. So brilliant. <laughs> Lovely. Did the phone break? I saw some scratches on your hand. Are you hurt anywhere else? No, no. I literally I took some skin off my hand. I actually hit my head, but you know there's I had nothing important on. there. Don't worry. Yes, <laughs> so that was no big deal. That's a lost cause already. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we had we had a good time there. Um, from Beatty, we drove into Death Valley National Park. And we did a little hike through the sand dunes there, um, which was fantastic. We ended up in the the next night. We went to Bishop, California. I don't know if you guys know where that is. It's like a it's like the jumping off point if you're going to climb Mount Whitney or if you're going to do anything in the Eastern Sierras or, or go to Yosemite. 
Um, there was a lot of snow on the ground around Bishop. We drove into Mammoth Lakes. Uh, we did some mountain biking around there and just had a fantastic time. Um, that is yes, one of my yeah. favorite places on the planet, Mammoth Lakes. It's just incredible. I, that, Jake, did you say you used to go there in high school, like to to um, All the to t- snowboard? Yeah, well, probably started going there when I was in like early high school and went there got all the way up until i think the last time i was there was like 2011 ish i had a pretty bad snowboarding accident and uh kind of gave up snowboarding after that because uh i was not much used to my family i had too many accidents but yeah i used to go there all the time i had uh, season passes we would drive up after work on friday we would get off work at like six o'clock go pack up the car it's about a four and a half hour drive from where I used to live and we would be up there close to midnight and we would generally sleep in the car and uh, go snowboarding all weekend and be back home on Sunday night. That was a very oh, regular wow. thing. So, Well, the the mountain biking around there is phenomenal, but all the trails were covered in snow. Yeah. So we, we rode a different trail across the valley that wasn't covered in snow, which was, there was still snow on the ground, but it was, it was rideable. So that was kind of nice from there. Um, my wife and I had this absolute treat. Um, we drove to Petaluma, California, which is in Sonoma County, Marin County, north of San Francisco. Um, you guys may know uh, Yuri Hoswald. He is a former, um, back when it was called Dirty Kanza, it's now called Unbound Gravel. Uh, I think that's the, that's the new name for the, uh, the gravel race that happens around Emporia, Kansas. <laughs> Uh, he, he won it back in 2015. We become friends because, uh, I raced with him at Rebecca's private Idaho and, um, and, and at the Oregon trail gravel grinder. So we've kind of become friends and I just texted him and said, Hey, Yuri, uh, I'm, I'm actually, uh, nearby. Are you going to ride tomorrow? Let's, let's ride. If you're going to ride. And he was like, what? He was like, F yeah, bro. Come on over. <laughs> he's like yeah what do you want to do road gravel whatever and i'm like whatever you're gonna do and so he took me on a a 70 mile road loop around sonoma county and marin county and down near dillon beach and along the coastline and through oh my gosh it was i just had like this fantastic four hours just me and yuri riding together it was it was the kind of the highlight of the trip to be able to spend that time with him. And he was really cool about it all. And his mother's very cool. Yuri's mother, she's 80 years old. She's a firecracker. My wife just loves his mother. And so she spent time with the mom while I was riding with Yuri. It was, it was, I don't know her age for sure. I'm in, I'm in trouble. I don't, I'm probably not going to listen to this, Brandy, but who knows? Anyway, so that was fantastic. From there, we came up the coastline last night, and we stopped in a little town called Mendocino, and it's beautiful here right now. The weather is coming in tonight, so um, I don't know. Lots of stuff happening. I did a gravel ride this morning around here, which was just off the hook. I just had a great time. Anyway, I know you guys are stuck in the rain up there. I'm coming to join you so that you won't hate me so much. I because... hate you so much right now. <laughs> <laughs> Boo! The Boo, Lance. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, that ride with Yuri, I'm still getting the pictures. That looks awesome. I was stalking that ride this morning. It looked incredible. 
we had we just had a great time. It we just had a great time. He puts on a race called the Bantam Classic um, every year. It's a it's a road race uh, that starts in Petaluma, and he's had a lot of big hitters come do the race. And so he just showed me part of the course and all the cool climbs and and oh, it was just fantastic. So that was my week. It was. It was way good. I had just a great week. We have really stayed away from people because the rise in COVID. Um, even with Yuri, we had masks on uh, most of the time unless we were eating the pastries or we were more than six feet away. You know, so it was just it was good. Sounds pretty fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Questions about any of that? <laughs> Let me answer your questions. No. How yes. how do I do that and not here right now? Oh, mm. that's easy, dude. All you okay. do is you you work for twenty years, about seventy hours a week. Sell sell um, highly successful medical clinics. <laughs> <and> then, <laughs> you sell you sell everything. You invest all the money, and uh, then your time is your own. So, so I got like a thirty year plan. Yeah. Nice. Okay, good. So I'm only 30 years away from that. Good. Awesome. I think my week sounds a lot like Matt's. I rode on Zwift way too much um, and did one ride outside mm-hmm. all by myself. Yeah. And that's about it. You know, I will say the Pacer bots at least are making Zwift not obnoxiously, awfully boring all the time. Like they they at least add something that can make a long ride not as terrible. Yeah, it's kind of nice. I I did ride with them, I think, twice this past week. So if you have an idea yeah. of what you're supposed to be getting your workout on, if you're just trying to hold steady watts and you want to go to a certain pace and, and you know that you want to like just not go into erg mode, you want to kind of be somewhat engaged with it or maybe have a little bit of fun with it. Like yeah. uh, Dr. Handel told me, he's like, hey, this is the workout that I like to do. He's like, I'll go pick out whichever ride I want to do that particular day with the pacer bots, mm-hmm. and then I will get warmed up, and then I'll basically break off the front. Yep. See how long you can and hold them off the front. settle in every single time they catch you. Yeah. Or settle in, but just don't ever let them catch you. So that, no, well, that's the handle. Sure. <laughs> that's, that's why that guy's so stinking fast. But um, So handle basically just does his race strategy each day. He's like, oh, just break away from the beginning and don't let them catch you. <laughs> Pretty much. So I've, I've done that a few times, and that's a fun ride. Yeah. yeah. But for the most part, it's just kind of like a little bit monotonous right now. Mm-hmm. I think the, the fact that – this whole work thing keeps getting in the way of riding during the day. That that's kind of a bummer during the week. I yeah. need to figure something out. I got to get on the Evan Price lunch training schedule somehow. Yeah, so. the lunch the lunch training schedule started to skinny down, but yeah, it's 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 great to be able to fit that in, well, especially you, when it starts getting dark in yeah, the evening too. If you can only fit it in, even like you know once or twice a week, that mm-hmm. still makes a big difference. Like back yeah. in the day, even Matt, just forty five minutes. Yeah, yeah, Matt and I used to ride together all the time at lunchtime. Mm-hmm. It was like you know you know sometime between like eleven thirty and one o'clock, I was going to get a text message from Matt at least two or three times a week. Like, hey, want to go for a ride? Yep, be ready in five. Yep, and we haven't done that in a while. So, Jake, yep. tell us about your ride yesterday. You went for a. I would have you know you did a, a lake in Oregon and a lake in Washington all in one ride. Yeah, it's the MPC ride. Oh, that's what MPC stood. Me and Cassie were trying to wonder what the heck MPC stood for. Mile per candle. <laughs> that's what we were taking. Our guesses were not even close. We were not even close to miles per candle. I was candle. thinking it was like mile mile per calendar year. I don't know. I, I, I that works up. too. Mile per candle. I've done that for. I think this was the 11th year in a row that I've done that on my birthday. So nice. I think as a. I think once I hit 50, though. I don't even want to say that out loud. That Lance, how, does that hurt? <laughs> no, dude, fifty is awesome. 
I think when I hit 50, though, I'm going to have to adopt the Lance Epler uh, mantra of like getting out of town and, and go ride in sunny or warmer places. Because riding in the Pacific Northwest in the middle of November, um, it, it can be kind of cold and wet and crappy. So I don't know if I'm going to be wanting to do that when I get a little bit older. So I need to maybe think about doing some sort of birthday adventure. Should be fun. I need to roll the window down because I'm getting kind of hot here in the van with the sun beating on it. So You can smell it. Oh, man. <laughs> you know, you didn't think Jake was going to be able to use that one, but he, uh, he, he found a spot for that one. <laughs> oh, good times. Cool. Um, let's see here. What's next? I think we're done with that whole thing. Um, hey, Champ Bailey, top five? I think he's in the top five discussion. I mean, I'm not just going to go out crazy. Hall of Famer? Top three. Hall of Famer. Hall of Famer. Champ Bailey. Champ Bailey by Champ Bailey, are you in the house? Champ Bailey is right here sitting on some cliff in Mendocino, California. What's up? Not much, Champ. How's it been? Hey, Champ, you, well, would you like some background music for your little uh, lead out? Hey, let's hear some background music. <laughs> Bring it to us, Champ. What's cracking? <laughs> All right. So in racing news uh, this week, nothing happened. Back to you. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. There is no racing at all. There's no racing. There there were a couple cyclocross races that happened, but they were kind of sparsely um, attended. And other than that, there's really no other racing going on. The only thing I saw on the news that was worthy of note to me was that um, Strava just uh, landed another $110 million in financing. And so we're, we're hoping that they'll be able to build some more wish list features that people want with that improve the technology and just make the whole service better so since i'm a bit of a stravaholic i'm hoping that that money goes to uh good use so anything in particular that you would like to see 110 million man 110 million what would be a wish i'd like i'd like better routing to happen on strava I'd like uh, I'd like there to be able to excuse yourself from just certain segments or certain sections. You yes. don't have to. Yeah. So like, you know, say you're drafting a vehicle for a segment and that's not really kosher for leaderboards. It'd be better to just excuse yourself from that specific segment without having to hack your ride into pieces. But I don't know. What about you? That's the big one right there for me, like being able to kind of have the, the ability just to bow out from a segment because you sat on somebody's wheel and you didn't deserve it or a car or anything like that. It would be awesome. Like a good sportsman button, if you could, if you will. I, I, I'd yeah. love to see that. So I don't know if that costs $110 million, but if it does, I mean, teach me how to do that program real quick. For $107 million. Yeah. <laughs> there you go, <laughs> Matt. Yeah. Like, just a little bit. No, nah, give him a lot of money. Just having me do it for you. Give him the friends and family discount, Matt. Hundred four million. Okay. Hundred four. Okay. Hundred four. Yeah. I, well, and I, I don't understand why they can't do threaded comments. Like that's ridiculous by now. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure we'll see a bunch of cool little features coming out. Also, why are they not like playing me music and cheering me on as I'm going for a KOM? Yeah. Like, <laughs> I mean, Garmin Oahu can hook up to your like uh, Bluetoothy headphone thingies, right? Yeah, it sounds technical, Evan. <laughs> Hold on, no, no, no. We're gonna we're we're gonna go down this because there's not enough racing to talk about right now. So, like, 
would there be a way that Garmin you could like download into your Garmin Edge and then it play music into your headphones? And if you're going for a KOM, you could have like a KOM playlist. You could actually do that. How much would that cost? 110 million. Um, no. All it would be on the Garmin side though, because Garmin would just so Garmin knows about where, when you're on a, a KOM segment or whatever. Yeah. And then they have access, they have something called Garmin Music, which is music on the device, but then they also have um, access to your smartphone and they could press play or whatever if you had something set up. Yeah, and it could be like a playlist that you set up for your KOM attempts. That would be be cool. That's actually actually not an awful idea coming from somebody who knows absolutely nothing about this. So (laughs) it's it's possible. The the weirdest thing is like, you would basically have to have like your playlist queued up and ready to go and it could like press play for you. That's about what it could do. That would be awesome. Yeah. That'd be really, really cool. How about some purse money for taking a KOM? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Send you a little like ten dollar something gift certificate. Like, yeah. Brought to you by Venmo. Oh. You have ten dollars. It could send you one of those. What's a little like Grubhub gift certificate you always give people? Uh, oh uh, God, I forget. It's like yeah, well, it can go to any of those services. Strava just sends you like some food. <laughs> I feel like that it, people would cheat that real quickly. Oh yeah, people would be driving their cars at inappropriate bike speed to get KOMs for sure. <laughs> All right. Any other news? There was no news. No, there's there was technology stuff that's going to be announced by the time this podcast goes live. We could talk about that if you want. Go for it. Yeah, it's way more exciting. Um, Evan, what do you think the Canyon Speedmax disc bike TT bike is supposed to be announced on Tuesday? I was watching all the all the the teasers for it, like Patrick Lange's teaser and everything. Is oh, really? it okay. is it is it tomorrow? It's supposed to be. Unveiled. Yeah, tomorrow is the rumored date. I don't actually know anything specifically about that. I don't have any insider information or anything like that. No, they were but just. It looks like a. It looks interesting, right? Like it'll be disc TT bike. Mm-hmm. Um, it's gonna have like a a Una uh, bar for the little riser piece for the aero bars. Yeah. Um, the but yeah. The the adjust faster. the adjustments are gonna be integrated, which is in my opinion the coolest part of that. But. We'll see, because I bet that they're they're gonna run into a couple little speed bumps with that. But yeah, like the 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 headset adjustments, if those are all integrated, that's a really really cool idea. I mean, I think they do a good job of making a bike that will be the that'll fit a lot of people. The problem mm-hmm. is when Doesn't you have a very too. adjustable bike that's very proprietary, all these little pieces, and then you have a company that's really great in Europe and so so everywhere else, then you run into problems with like parts and yep. things, things like that especially but, if it things will be break. a big announcement it is one of the it'll i'm thinking that if it's not the most popular tt bike it will be in the future um it's been growing by leaps and bounds over the past couple of years yeah the other the other big announcement um is would be a wahoo uh like smartwatch mm-hmm. so lance you might be interested in something like that it oh. is. It sounds like it is going to be geared specifically towards triathletes. So that's then, you, Lance. Then no. Then that's not that, me. That's all you, <laughs> Lance. I saw you run last week. Actually, I, I, you, you were wearing some boots, <laughs> and you ran down a sand dune, and running up the other side is a strong word for what you did. But it was like a, like a hobble up the other side, and then you dropped your phone, and then Lance had to. Had to thank God, you know, Brandy was was watching him, but he had to run even more to go after his phone. It was maybe a quarter mile total of running where I thought Lance might die during that that 
I will actually <laughs> that segment. want to die. When I got to the top of the sand dune, I was ready for death. I, <laughs> I, I wished for the sweet release of death when I reached the top of the sand dune. Did you, did you Strava that and then make that a KOM segment? So it'd be like, Lance Hepler has one run KOM as well. <laughs> I, I, did, I did Strava the hike, but not as a run. And unfortunately, I did not make a segment. Maybe I should go back and I remedy that. Should. I, think, I think you should. I think you should. So Evan, question for you: If yep. a watch from Wahoo had automatic uh, splits for like T1, T2, all the stuff oh, automatic, awesome. you just start it and stop it. Would that be something that you would like? Would that be a feature that would be alluring to you? Is that At, something that you care about? One hundred percent, I do care about that because I've even considered not racing with watches before because I hate having to remember to split. I have done races where my T1 is my entire bike. And that's, it's the longest T1 ever, but yeah, that, that would be something absolutely worthwhile. I would for sure, like that would be a feature to me. That'd be more important than a lot of the other things that people find valuable with watches. Right. Like there's so many watches with like, now I've got music. Now I've got all this stuff. It's like, well, you don't, you know, I'm not really, that's not something I'm really going to use. No. Um, Or like now we have indoor climbing for, (laughs) as an option to be like, okay, cool. But (laughs) there's feature overload for sure. Yeah. Um, so anyway, so I'm excited about this new watch from Wahoo. Uh, we'll learn more about it on Tuesday, the day before this podcast is released. We'll all get to learn a little bit more about it. And then hopefully I'll be doing a video on that product uh, as soon as I can, yep. as soon as I possibly can. But I will need to go do some open water swimming and do some stuff like that to actually test some of those things. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the last thing that I was going to bring up um, would be like race cancellations uh, we've had uh, Ironman Arizona canceled, um, mm-hmm. which is a major bummer because, you know, f- friend of the podcast had big plans to go over there, Scott Goodrich, and race. Uh, and he's been able to transfer his registration for um, a 70.3 in Texas, which also could be canceled. Yeah. Uh, but that would be my question. Like, Evan, what races do you think are going to be canceled? Do you think that Daytona race in December is going to be canceled? Like yeah. that would be a tragedy. This is yeah. So so jo- Josh Mond also had big big plans at uh, at Arizona. We had two local guys going out to really hammer oh, that yeah, race, that's right. and it's it's just a bummer because both guys had massive builds in fitness this year. I mean, big big builds and took advantage of twenty twenty, which which I think is good. You know, it was good good to see people in the community that were still like, hey, I still want to be you know, fast and fit this year. And just, it's a bummer. They didn't get a chance to show that. Um, fingers crossed for Scott in Texas, but yeah, I'm not, I'm not too, uh, too optimistic about that. I think, I think Iron Man's going to have to shut it down, but, um, I, I don't even want to talk about challenge Daytona Matt, because the, the, the start list is growing to be maybe the greatest race ever. I know that right? we're sitting on a cycling podcast right now. This is glorious. Yeah. This is the equivalent of a one day race right now becoming a race that like even Roglic and Pogaccia would like mark on their list. Like there's like 30 guys that are world-class that are going after this race. And it, I mean, Vincent Lewis uh, just said he's going to be there. Ali Brownlee, the two-time gold medalist. Um, the only guy I don't see on the list yet, Matt, that I'm surprised is Jan. Uh, uh, for Frodo's not, not on the list yet. Uh, he was hit by a car and he's been recovering. Oh, never mind. So there, so Frodo will yeah. not be there. It's a major bummer. I mean, so yeah. he'll be, um, he'll be part of that Canyon announcement. Yeah. Yeah. But he, yeah, he got hit by a car, but he, I mean, he's, he's okay. And he's been recovering. Um, I mm-hmm. just don't, I think 
basically in October he was saying like he wouldn't have been able to do Kona I did see had, that. They, even, right. had yeah. they had world championships because I, yeah, I, I guess do, the, I do remember that. I, I guess I guess I didn't see how how serious that that, that injury was. But yeah, so um, on on another note, there's uh, Morgan Pearson, a guy who is yeah. um, and, and a big time American uh, triathlete is is also now going to Daytona. So if it gets canceled, that's that's going to be that's going to be tough. Um, what I hope they do. This is why I think the the reasonable thing would be is cancel the amateur race, shut uh, shut down the amateur race, make it just a pro race. Yeah, they should do that now. Like, they should do that the, right my now. With yeah. Ironman is like they should do, do that, that right now. now. Not Ironman. I'm sorry. This is this is an PTO. Ironman. Is it? This well, is this challenge. is PTO and challenge. Yeah, PTO and challenge. Yeah. No, they should cancel. They should do that now. They should cancel the you know amateur stuff because mm-hmm. there's you know then you have otherwise you're going to have the state government come in and be like. You guys can't hold an event here. Maybe yeah. that'll happen anyway, but like it could be less than a hundred people if they do just pros at a time in the space. They could make it less than a hundred people, which would I be mean, fine. I mean, you're break, you're, our, you're break our rules in Washington, right? Because it's like a twenty-person limit. Um, but it's 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 a massive outdoor facility, so I think I think the rules change for outdoor outdoor events. And well, right now I think in Washington I thought it was like twenty people to an outdoor for an outdoor activity. Gotcha. I'm sure Florida is a little yeah, bit more I mean, lax. But it's yeah. Florida. People in Florida, they don't care. No, they're a little bit more lax. So I think it's and, Florida. and Daytona's track is pretty big. So you could argue that it's, it's pretty wide, wide spaced out. They actually have a limit on number of alligators that you can have there, but there's no limit on people. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm not sure if they've checked the water in the middle of Daytona for alligators either. So that'll add a little, a little extra flair into the race. Yeah. You gotta be, <laughs> You gotta be extra fast to make it through the swim to survive the swim. You could just tell them there could be three to five alligators in the water. We're not sure how many, but it's between three and five. Between three and five. <laughs> uh, Price, how come you're not racing? <laughs> oh, why did, why did I not get an invite to challenge Daytona? You know, it's weird. I was waiting for my invite after my stellar performances from last year. Be there. You're busy with work though, so I mean, as nice as it yeah. is that they would send you that invite, you just you would say no anyway. Oh, so. that's the that's the only reason I'm not there is because of work. Yeah. It's, it has nothing to do with <laughs> with lack of top end performances from last year, but <laughs> All right. Are we done? That's that's basically it. There's no we're we're not going to have race results to talk about for a while. Yeah. Bring you Zwift racing and so really Strava KOM hunting if challenge daytona happens it. that's going to be the only thing champ is going to be allowed to talk about because oh, champ no. is champ is entering the dark winter of where if cyclocross races aren't happening there's going to be only so, that race to talk about <laughs> let's, get, let's get champ uh, a link to the live show for that because he they might you know both champ and jake might get into it and they could uh Make Ooh, for an interesting have, discussion, a triathlon takeover, if you will. We could have dialed podcast oh, live yeah, media at Challenge Daytona. Yeah. I think Champ goes into hibernation during uh, the triathlon uh, championship season. Sorry. <laughs> oh, he does. No, don't worry. We'll take – God, who's another famous cornerback from that era? We could take – I'm trying to think of another cornerback that fits well into this conversation. We could take the former bang, <laughs> Bengal Leon Hall. We'll start reporting now. Oh, jeez. <laughs> cool. All right, Champ, are you out? Champ is out. <laughs> awesome. Let's jump into some Patreon news. You guys, we have a new Patreon. Ooh. We have oh. Mr. Perry York join the ranks of the Dial Podcast yeah. Patreon. Thank you so much for jumping on board, Perry. Appreciate that. And as promised, this week we are going to do another drawing. So this week will be for some uh, exciting Christmas socks again. 
Those things are pretty cool. We've got three different uh, varieties to choose from. You can pick out one that fits best for you, and there are nice. multiple sizes. So whoever you are, who's ever going to be the name that we pull out of this little bucket thing here, can uh, pick some that work best for you. So We should throw some stickers in there too, Jake, just so they get a little something extra. Yeah, we can mention that they've all – everybody who's picked up stuff has always gotten stickers or – They've received them in the mail. So, mm-hmm. yep, definitely uh, some stickers, though. Um, let's see here. I'm going to pull. Got the shake. Got the thing here. I'm not picking again. So if Dove wins, it's not me. <laughs> Uh-oh. I don't know. How does this work, Evan? Oh, God. <laughs> Champ Bailey is the winner. Champ Bailey wins. <laughs> oh, no. But since we don't know who Champ Bailey is. Former Denver Bronco Champ, Champ Bailey. Champ Bailey hasn't uh, disclosed <laughs> themselves. We're going to have to no. pull. Champ Bailey needs to come forward to claim their prize. This is oh. true. This is true. <laughs> so we're going to pull a second one out. And mm-hmm. if uh, Champ Bailey decides that they want to uh, disclose who they might be, then um, we're yeah. going to have two winners this week then. Yeah. Might have to leave it. Like <laughs> aren't, there two, aren't there two Champ Baileys, like the Champ Bailey and the real Champ Bailey? There is. Uh-huh. So Correct. if you're not the Champ Bailey that's not the real Champ Bailey, then you don't disclose yourself. Yeah. Yeah. This is just be Champ careful. Bailey. Witness just Protection <laughs> Agency. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I'll leave it in a box behind the back door or something like that. <laughs> that would be funny. <laughs> Come pick it up at your leisure. That's All a good right. idea, Jake. Oh, it looks like we have uh, Mr. Chris Weirman. Chris Weirman is the uh, winner of a pair of socks. Nice, Chris. Yeah. He's actually a teammate of ours, too. So that'll mm-hmm. be pretty cool. Hopefully, we'll see him at the Ugly Christmas Sweater Ride. And that was the mm-hmm. uh, the premise behind giving away some Christmas socks is to talk about the Ugly Christmas Sweater Ride that we have coming up three weeks uh, from this past weekend so mm-hmm. um yeah we will be doing that here very soon and we'll be talking about that a lot more as we get closer so that the weekend after thanksgiving usually it is the first saturday which would be december 5th in uh first saturday in december so december gotcha. 5th yeah day before my youngest daughter's birthday good times Ooh. good times finished or finished her first ever 10k before the eight or first ever 5k before the age of 10 right yeah she was eight wow yeah she that's a long way for an eight-year-old yeah well it's a lot of steps i think she took third place in that too so pretty good oh my gosh wow she she lost to a girl that was like two or three years older than her and understandable i'm I'm not sure who the other girl was but they were both pretty fast they were older cameras cross country yeah Might have to send her your way, Matt, for some training. There you um, go. If you want to become a Patreon yourself, go to dialpodcast.com. You will see the Patreon link there to click on and go check out the Patreon that works best for you. We'll add your name to the bucket and, and some other cool things come along with that. So thank you again for everybody who's a Patreon. Greatly appreciate it. All right. Topic for the day. Whoa, whoa. First. First. Wait, what? We are going to do, real quick around before we discuss this, all three of ours, and but the three of us being, unless Jake would like to join in, top three things that you appreciate about Jake Von During. Because oh, this podcast, yeah. this podcast does not get put on easily. Let me put it that way. Just, just for instance, when I walked in here today, Jake is cutting and splicing. I don't even know how to phrase this. I wouldn't even know how to approach doing this process. Just that Champ Bailey bit, which can take him at times up to just a half hour just to get through some cool clip like that. So everybody who listens to this, I think, is usually knows Jake well and knows the, the amount of effort and work he puts in. But we get to see it on a daily basis. And Matt has a true appreciation for it being somebody who actually worked with like putting together podcasts before. I just appreciate it just because I have no idea how to do any of that. So it's amazing to me that it gets done, period. But let's go. Matt, you go first. All right. Number here's my here's my number one for Jake. The guy's fun to ride with. 
I haven't been riding with you quite as much. We were still ride together probably sure. a couple times per month or whatever, but we used to ride like all the time. Our lunch ride was awesome and uh, so much fun to ride with. Love it. So that's my number one. Guy is fun to ride with. If you ever get the chance to ride with Jake Von During, do it. It's fun. Thanks, Matt. You're welcome. <laughs> fun to ride with as well, my friend. Lance, go ahead. Uh, the love fest for Jake will continue here. I, I like this topic. Um, <laughs> we're, not, we're not doing top three criticisms of Jake Von <laughs> <laughs> That would, that would have been fun, actually. <laughs> Um, one thing that I absolutely love about Jake is he is very giving of his time, almost to a fault. I am a very selfish person who will um, (laughs) take every opportunity I can to ride my bike and make sure my own needs are taken care of. Jake, I have seen him put off, um, his own personal interests to help other people out and, um, that's just very impressive to me. Love you, Jake. Thanks, yeah. Lance. Going going off of Lance there, I will say the same exact thing. And I mean, I get to see it on a daily basis of anytime somebody walks in with a problem with their bike, it's almost, you know, the exact opposite of your usual bike store experience where they're like, oh, we'll get you back to you in two weeks. Jake will put everything aside to make sure that that gets done. And then along with that, just this last year, the amount of questions I've had for him and just business development and trying to, you know, run a, run a medical clinic through this time period. Um, I know Jake has mentioned this before on this podcast, but Jake ran a very, very successful gym, uh, uh, in California before moving up here, um, and opened that business at a very young age and, you know, made mistakes, but was so willing to share all those mistakes with me and what he learned from them. And I'm sure it's just the tip of the iceberg with what I can learn from him. But just once again, like time, time is huge there because those stories and lessons don't take two minutes to share. They take a while to share. So that's pretty simple. Just don't do what I did. <laughs> and you'll be just fine. Yeah. Just like Lance said. Yeah. Just, you know, work really hard for like 20, 30 years and then boom, it's done. So <laughs> All right, I got another one. Uh, Jake, I, and this kind of goes along with a lot of what we're saying. Jake is ridiculously committed to the sport of cycling and promoting it. And it's really impressive to see like what he's done in the community for the sport of cycling. Uh, and, and triathlon, too. I mean, you know, not, not that that's your passion necessarily, triathlon, but because of, you know, cycling being part of triathlon that's been super helpful. Like we almost kind of like get the extra benefits of having all of this cycling momentum in our particular area. And it's not just our area. I really feel like it's like cycling worldwide. Like our podcast goes out. We're very popular across whatever. Poland in Iceland. Or yeah, exactly. Correct. It's popular. <laughs> but I, I think it's impressive how dedicated you are. And it's, it's, yes, it's, it's, all this sort of stuff that you're doing out in the community. But also the next spot I'd say is like someone brings in a bike and with a busted cable and Jake will just take care of it and be like, yep, send you on your way. Like, like no questions asked, like no, like, Hey, you know, how am I going to pay for this? Kind of, it's like, he just takes care of you because like, that's how he is. He just cares about cyclists. So that's Mm -hmm. super impressive. And, uh, Really, I've, I've never seen anything like that before. So, True. yeah. Thank you, sir. 
<laughs> I, I love that you're so uncomfortable. Oh, he's so uncomfortable right now. I love this. I'm not squirming at all. I love this. Here. This is well. I mean, Jake. Jake turned 46 years old and was going to probably just tell us. He'd be like, "When was your birthday, Jake?" Ah, it was a couple months ago. I don't know. How old are you? I don't know. 37. I'm not sure. I don't keep track. So that's, <laughs> I have to start distracting okay, my, you guys with some of these buttons over thing, here. <laughs> <laughs> my next thing is, um, I, especially lately, I, when I ride with Jake, um, I I have rarely found somebody who has made me hurt more on a bike than Jake has, and that is a very good thing. If we're on the flats, if we're motoring along, I have sat on his wheel and just killed myself more than once just to hold his wheel just to stay on it and uh i i love that about jake thank you jake for making me hurt fun to ride with up I love I love that Jake shares to you know I mean we we talk about what what Dial has done just for the cycling community in this and in, in the Pacific Northwest but it's cool to see a, a, a father instill that in, in his kids too because I, I remember growing up around endurance sports and there's nothing I mean God I, I wouldn't give up any bit of my childhood from an endurance sports perspective I think it was great that I grew up around a mom and you know that ran and did Ironmans and my dad who loved a bike and seeing Jake share that especially with with the, uh, all three of his kids right now is so so cool along with the community but you know I mean Jake has fo- helped me to focus on like build the juniors in in a local team it's i mean i feel like especially in the triathlon world sometimes but i know it's in the cycling world we focus on adults so much and it's like come on you know we can nobody really cares if our ftp is going up 10 15 watts but when you see a kid you know like one of jake's kids like enjoy like pir last year yeah. or a short sh- short course was really cool you know it's like that's way more enjoyable like way way more enjoyable than going to a race and being like oh i got my 20 minute power pr it's like okay neat this eight-year-old over here just found out that he really enjoys riding mountain bikes and could care less about that. And that's way more enjoyable to be around. And that's all built from, from Jake's foundation and, you know, what he, what he does for his own family, but then also to build the juniors on, on the team is awesome. That's the future. Yeah. Got to take care of the future. Mm -hmm. All right. My last one is along the same lines, Evan. And that is that as dedicated as Jake is to cycling and, you know, helping cyclists out around the world. I think he's an impressive father figure for his kids and, you know, husband for his wife. And I think that to me, that's kind of like the best compliment that you can give is like, Hey, this guy's a good family man. So, um, hats off to you, Jake. Hope you had a great birthday. Hope to celebrate many more of your birthdays with you in the near Mm -hmm. future. Thanks, Matt. My uh, my third thing was the exact same thing as Matt's is that um, Jake is a bit of an example as far as how you should uh, be a family man, um, rate, you know, being an example to your kids and and being committed to your wife and kids. He is um, very good at that. So I I love that about you, Jake. Thanks. Have you have you talked to my wife or my kids recently? <laughs> is there consensus there? I don't know. <laughs> Here, I'll, 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 I'll let Jake's squirming come down a little bit, and I'll end it with a criticism that Jake needs to go outside and ride bikes a bit more because he's been working a little bit too hard in here lately. So I'll, I'll end it with a criticism that this winter Jake needs to – Jake needs, instead of people bringing him bikes for him, they need to come here and then do a lunch ride together instead. Yeah. Well, I think this 
next coming year is going to be a lot of fun for a lot of different reasons. And I think that I'm going to be able to hit a transition here where um, having some other people working with me. I've that, that was, got a few people doing my some second things, point. but yeah. having some people here working with me so I don't have to do everything, um, Yeah, that's going to be nice. And that'll allow me to get into a few other things, um, most notably <laughs> getting back to writing during the day <laughs> yeah. that needs to happen. So, because it does. Now it's uh, getting dark at like five right now. Yeah. I it's, look, it's, it's too early. Brutal. Yeah. But it's nice to be able to get that done during the day. So you can plug into your family at night as opposed to sitting on a trainer for an hour or two and, you know, at six or seven o'clock at night. And I don't know. Yeah. You guys, that was, uh, I had no idea that you're going to do that. Thank you for making me squirm. <laughs> <laughs> don't like being the uh, center of attention, but um, I do appreciate that. That means a lot, especially coming from you three. You guys are uh, some of the best ones out there. Appreciate it. No problem, Jake. No problem at all. <laughs> all right. Now, enough of the, the, the cushy stuff. Let's get into talking specifically Hallelujah. about... <laughs> what was it? What was... This is... I love how Jake, Jake sent us a Dylan Johnson video today, which I actually, a weekend ago, I got in, I got went on a way rabbit hole on a long trainer ride and watched like 20 of Dylan Johnson's videos, this being uh, one of them. That kid is sharp. He's a sharp kid. I like him. Yeah, yeah I like I him like a lot. I like the fact that it's not just a he's bunch of... Here's, he's yeah, fat. He's very fast. He's very fast. It's not just a bunch of his opinion, but he's backing it up with science. He he's does. backing it up yep. with studies and going through all of the evidence of, of, of why it is that he preaches what he preaches. And it's stuff that you and I have learned in our exercise mm-hmm. physiology classes. It's stuff that we've adopted over the years of being, you know, trained athletes. So, um, the, the fact that he comes out and he's, he's putting this stuff out there on YouTube for people to consume for free. Mm-hmm. That's fantastic. I think that that's a really yeah. good resource. So, um, sorry. <laughs> I think that's Dylan Johnson calling right now. Yep. I think that's him calling. Not quite sure who that is, but sorry about that. <laughs> I was looking for my phone. I'm like, off. <laughs> oh, gosh. You should actually reach out to him and ask him if he wants to come on the podcast. You know what? That would be awesome. I would be 100%. I would love to nerd out over that. That would be really, really cool. Yeah. Um, so I did I did briefly meet him at the Belgian Waffle Ride uh, really? during the awards ceremony. Yeah. Because uh, he took uh, – fourth overall yeah, he was he was way version. up there yeah yeah he's yeah, how so. how old is he is he like mid-20s late 20s how, how i'm gonna old? guess I, mid-20s mid-20s i i think he's late 20s late yeah. 20s okay okay that's cool yeah so the the question or rather the topic for today was we're going to discuss recovery overtraining and just kind of pushing the limits in general. Mm-hmm. Um, I really wanted to kind of hone in on the recovery component, but there's some other, uh, another video that he came out with recently talking about block training. And I think that there's some really good stuff in there to discuss mm-hmm. um, and who that might be for and who it's not for and when you might want to employ that. So um, the reason why I want to kind of run through this is because I'm, I'm trying to figure out how Lance is able to employ this whole block training thing pretty much on a weekly basis, uh, <laughs> 365 days a year. <laughs> Lance. <laughs> yeah, Lance, Lance, if you're breaking down a week, how how often would you say you push north of VO2 max for one minute at least five times in a workout? I know that you have a uh, lot of unstructured workout. How many times do you think you do that in a week? Well, I as far as actual structured workouts, I've been doing like two structured workouts a week okay. and then five times just riding. See, that's, yeah, but that's those, actually well within what Dylan would say is like yeah. maintainable. Air, yeah. qu- air quotes, guys. Writing. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> AKA, I don't, I don't yeah. believe Chasing him at all segments yeah, I don't and believe him. chasing dogs and yeah. Yep. I'm, not, I, I'm not exactly taking it easy on the other days, but you know, it's, it's hard to say. I, I definitely believe in block periodization and yeah. that um, 
and that I, the science behind it is undeniable that that it actually works. Um, but I, I guess for me, I certainly have race goals and what I want to accomplish. But that's I also want to enjoy my life sure. and not just be about race goals. And so if I'm in Vegas and my buddy wants to go ride mountain bikes, okay, forget the workout. Let's go ride mountain bikes, sure. you know? Yeah. And so, and, and if there's a four mile climb in the middle of that, and he says, go ahead. Here's a funny thing. Yesterday riding with Yuri, um, I, it was like 70 mile ride. I actually felt fantastic. And this was unexpected, but I, but I was out climbing Yuri on all the climbs. So we'd get, we'd get to the bottom of the climb and Yuri would just go, okay, Lance, this climb is 15 minutes. It's kind of stair stepper. Just pin it and wait for me at the top. <laughs> that doesn't surprise me though, Lance, with, with your, I mean, as we're talking Watts per kilo numbers, those have just been slowly going up for you and steadily, steadily increasing. So I think you're just going to be in a different class of riders than, than, than what you you've been used to in, in this next year. It's just without a race season, it's been hard for you to realize, I think, where you're at, too. It's always That's easier true. in a cycling, you know, a road racing season. It's really easy to, re you know, realize where you are in the echelon because you, you know, get get into breakaways you wouldn't get into before. But I think I think you're going to be surprised when 2021 comes around. Well, I I got to say, I uh, I don't think there's going to be racing in 2021. either. God, I ooh, don't even say that. That sounds terrible. But but you really don't think so, Lance? I, I don't think any of the spring races will happen. Oh. I think any of the early summer races probably won't happen. I think it will be... Cross-season. I, I, it might maybe cross-season, but who So knows? you're not super optimistic about the vaccines that they're talking about on the news? Just think about how long it's going to take for them to roll that out to everybody before they can get yeah. that done. I mean, yeah, they're making millions upon millions of them, but you've got to... Sure they said works. warp speed, Jake. They said warp speed. Oh, wow. Okay, so so just so you know, personally, I invested in Pfizer. I bought uh, some Pfizer stock um, uh, like a month and a half ago because I do believe that the vaccine is coming and it's going to be good and big. But the best, I just, I just don't think <laughs> <laughs> it'll be enough. <laughs> Wait, I missed that. <laughs> Lance, I think I just took a stab at our Lance, president. Lance, said, what, what, would you say that it's going to be the best? The best. <laughs> Evan nailed that one. No, no, no. That was not a slide at our president. That was just me asking if it's going to be the best. Anyway, going back <laughs> to block periodization here. Anybody who wants to watch this video from Dylan, by the way, it is very, very good. He has a lot of good videos, but... Um, I, like, I like this video because I'm going to play a little bit of devil's advocate here. So I'm going to pull a mat. Block periodization, just to uh, give a broad definition for people, is the theory that, let's give an example. Let's say you got a race in two, uh, three, three weeks. Let's say you're a cyclist and got a race in three weeks. Block periodization would say going into that race, anywhere between that one to three week range out, I think a couple of studies were pointing to two weeks out. Um, I think I think Dylan referenced that two weeks out. Was it before Belgian Waffle is the week that he highlighted in that video? It was, but his big um, block periodization week was four weeks out. If I'm was it saying. four weeks yeah. out? Okay, okay. I think I think one of the studies he had mentioned was two weeks out from race. He he was talking about a week he did before Belgian Waffle ride that was four weeks out, where he had 
basically five days in that week that were like just not easy days, very hard interval days. I think he actually goes through in the video um, what specifically he did those days. And then he, he ended it with a race too, I think. Yeah, I actually have it written down right here. Nice. So okay. on, on Monday, he did a rest day, which yeah. is pretty much par for the course for all of his training weeks is rest day. Yeah. And was kind of pleased to see that because that's generally my rest day when we're not doing this dialed 100 thing. Um, and then Tuesday was going to be uh, eight minutes time or i'm sorry eight um eight reps of five minutes at his vo2 max so he mm-hmm. was God, where was he like four north of 400 watts like four or five yeah he was strong four ten somewhere yeah. in there um, his, he, he was at like what that that was almost i think he said six watts per kilo was close something like that, that. so yeah that that's hard i mean that's very hard six watts eight, per kilo eight for times five minutes oh, is just that's that that's hurts. hard to digest yeah. as just so yeah that ride took him three hours and 15 minutes because he did some zone two in there as well Going on to Wednesday, he did it four times 15 minutes at his FTP. Still oh. an incredibly hard work the next day. That's oh my tough. God. Yeah. That's oh. really tough. And that's uh, that was a four-hour ride. His uh, Thursday ride was a recovery ride for an hour, and it was just an easy pace on one, zone two, somewhere in there. Uh, then Friday was the 30 by 30 seconds. So God. that hurts. Neuromuscular type really, workout, yeah. Really bad. So um, and, and it's really it's that – it's that recovery period of only having 30 seconds that really kind of oh, makes terrible. you want to throw up in your mouth. Over well, and, over and that's, again. and that's where it goes beyond just a neuromuscular workout. It very much becomes an aerobic workout. Then yeah. you, you do not have enough time to clear your lactate. Yep. That ter- and that so period. Saturday he built in a race in that particular week that he was referencing. Won um, the race, didn't he? He won the race. <laughs> yeah. And he did say though, that, um, you can definitely go out and do a hard group ride and, you know, we, yeah. we know our team rides all too well, and that's something Same that definitely idea. goes out there, and it's a, it's very race-oriented, if you will. So that was a three-and-a-half-hour ride, and then on Sunday, he did three by 40 minutes. Yeah, his more long aerobic day. But that is nuts, and that was a five-hour and 45-minute ride, and he finished it with some sprints for a total of 20 hours on the week. So that yeah. was a, a, a big stretch from what he normally would do mm-hmm. in a normal training uh, week. Five, five basically hard taxing days on the system. And that's where, so some of the research that he's pointing at and his goal with a week like that is you're basically going to spike your fitness going into a race block right before that. And then really get the most out of that taper because you, you are going to be hitting some pretty incredible fitness right after. I mean, you're basically flogging your system and you're going to create short-term adaptations. So, um, this is where you can kind of nerd out on this and look at, okay, what do those short-term adaptations mean? Well, if you really, really tax your system, even, okay, let's say you're highly trained and for one to two weeks you tax your system, that means that you're going to be walking a fine line now on that rest recovery cycle, which means for an athlete like, you know, Dylan, he's going to be able to recover and actually reap those benefits in that short term. Mm -hmm. Now, those benefits being increased vascularization to the active muscles increased like threshold i bet i guarantee if you measured his threshold before that block and a week after with a little bit of rest he, he's gonna increase that lactate threshold a little bit lactate threshold for anybody who wants to know like what does that term mean from so when you're watching these videos dylan does a great job of looking at the research but he really i think at times does talk pretty high like he's 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 smart guy so if you're watching these videos and you're like what what does you, 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 you hear lactate threshold or CLT written everywhere. Lactate threshold is basically this idea um, that we can nail down where an aerobic effort becomes not sustainable. 
So if you're in a lab and you are testing for lactate threshold, what you're looking at is um, if you've ever seen the gas mask that somebody's basically wearing when they're on the bike and, you know, the old cycling documentaries you watch where like Lance will be on there like, what are you testing? Oh, we're testing his lactate threshold. It's incredible. Yada, yada. So what that gas mask is doing is, is basically measuring the rate that you are expelling CO2. Now, that is indirectly related to workload so or, or directly related to workload. Let's say that you are cycling, 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 and your RER, which is your resting uh, expiratory uh, rate, is measuring how much CO2 is being expelled. At a certain number, now that, that's a ratio, that number, generally once you get north of 1.0, you're creeping into dangerous, this is going to get really hard efforts. Really, really strong aerobic athletes can go to 1.2 to 1.4. They, they can get way up there and still be able to sustain it. So what you're looking at is, okay, now all of a sudden there's an exponential increase. So a massive increase in your um, uh, lactate accumulation. That's your lactate threshold, okay? That's where your system's not able to expel at a rate that stabilizes it. Now, intervals, you do that again and again and again. You train your body and your body will raise that threshold over time. You stack five of those days in a week, that is hard. So my devil's advocate moment, Dylan, is... People will watch that video and be like, man, my cat four five race that I really want to do well at, I'm going to stack that week two weeks out and see what happens. You need to be a very well-trained athlete to be able to absorb that training well, or be very careful with how you structure those, because that's where you can get, I think, yourself into trouble, because all that research he cited was elite cross-country uh, skiers, which is great. But I'm not sure how transferable that is to your typical first year of four or five racing athlete. Yeah, he did kind of allude to that. And yeah. he did reference the fact that some of the studies that they were referencing was from the cross-country skiing. Mm-hmm. But there were some studies in there that were from just endurance sports in general and cyclists and whatnot. But if yeah. what, what you're alluding to, yeah, it was endurance um, or cross-country skiing. The really specific periodization yeah. they looked at. Yeah. He did also say that this is not going to be something that's for the uh, the untrained athlete or the, the person that's new to the yeah. sport. Like, I wouldn't go take somebody that's just started cycling six months ago, like – got the the yeah. you know, the cycling bud d- during the whole covid thing and now wants to get into racing and they're they're barely you know understanding what an ftp is that's not the person that we want to focus mm-hmm. on here it's somebody like like yourself or like a lance or yeah. um you know whatever it's the person that that has kind of almost hit a plateau that has done all of the training and yeah. their their FTPs get into a certain station and they want to switch it up a little bit and try something a little bit different. I think that that's a good place. And I wouldn't yeah. do it for the first time going into a race. I would have experimented with this months yeah. ahead of time and just even like see, mid off season you can exactly. just give that a shot. Yeah. So, that just my Heck, I may try it. Lance, want to try it soon? We can. Ooh, we could do a little rapport on podcasts. We could do a little two weeks before, two weeks after. We do a little ramp test, yeah. do a block periodization, and then a week after that, you do another one. You know, it's very akin to like a, almost like a stage sure. race. You, it you, is, you, yeah. And, or, or a training camp. You know, our training camps mm-hmm. are pretty tough, and there's a lot of things that he was going through in terms of like how your body feels. So like the first day, you might go out there and you have a great workout. The next day, you're going to feel like crap because your body's still kind of dragged from the day before. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, you get into like day three and four, and you're like, oh, I feel kind of good. I can resonate with that because I've seen that happen to me out at our training camps where the first day you go out there and you ride really hard. The second day you feel God awful, terrible. But as the week goes on, you feel like you're getting stronger and you feel like you kind of, you know, come over that peak, you kind of break that hump and you're off doing some good things. Yeah. Yeah. 
there was a guy on YouTube. I forgot. I, this is a terrible story because I forget the guy's name. But if you probably Google this, his video would be come up. He did seven uh, 20 minute FTP tests in a week. Every day he did one, which sounds terrible. Sounds oh. so, so, so terrible. And he was decently fit. He's like a cat three rider, like fitness wise, I believe. And what was crazy is his seventh. I think I, I'm pretty sure his seventh one was his fat. What, what was his best number? Really? And that was like he dropped off in the middle. Def, he had one day that was like terrible, but it was yeah. ju- just like Jake was talking about. Is like somehow you can still you can build that fitness while while destroying yourself. But it seems like about seven days is as long as your body wants to yeah. take it. I think though, going back to this, the biggest thing about doing this to make it successful is making sure that you adhere to the recovery component. That mm-hmm. following week or block of days is uber important if you don't play that right you're gonna screw yourself and he did say that he's done it before where it's all blown up in his face Mm -hmm. and he just really dug himself in a ditch he was like feeling fatigued and legs were heavy wasn't able to perform his ftp dropped and that's because he didn't nail the the rest and recovery component of it what a waste can you imagine that hitting an awesome seven-day week (laughs) and you don't you just don't really rest the next week that well and you see all those go away so Let's kind of just continue talking about this. Um, he he went through his whole training regimen. Have you guys ever done something like this before? Oh yeah, definitely. Yep. Lance, you. have you have you tried this, Lance? Forms of this? Uh. Um. Yeah, I have done forms of it uh, off and on for the last fifteen years. Yeah. Um. Especially in my Ironman training time, I I did much more block periodization stuff. Um in my Ironman training time, cycling just doesn't beat you up as much when you, when you're not running. Mm -hmm. And so I, I find that I can, I can do more repeated, harder efforts and the block periodization doesn't, uh, I guess, kill me as much. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think block periodization from a cycling point of view is way, is way easier on the body. Matt, from a from a run perspective, you you as a coach, let's say you're taking that uh that kid you had a few years ago who was a low four miler. Let's let's say that you're he's got his biggest race of the year coming up. How as 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 a runner, how careful are you three four weeks out, or do you structure something for for an athlete like that 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 can simulate this same thing that Dylan's talking about? No, I mean. So if I were calling all the shots, I would definitely put in a, a big block right, like right at that three weeks prior to a yeah. big event. So that's how I've structured all of my Ironman races. That's how I've structured a lot of my own historical like running stuff for the most part. Um, if you can, a lot of times you end up having like a championship season where mm-hmm. it gets very hard to schedule these things. Uh, but even if you have to sacrifice a little bit of fitness for within a championship tournament or whatever, you know, depending on the sport that you're talking about, um, having that rally and having that fitness come around uh, a couple weeks later for the finals or for, in this case, you know, state championship type situation uh, is probably worth the risk. So, yeah, yeah you I know, th- again, I, I, I am, you know, one of the things that I would say is like, uh, I think that your body's learning how to shuttle lactate a bit more um, economically and then also how to use that lactate as an energy source. Uh, you know, I think that's really where 
if you look into this stuff, that's where you'll see a, a lot of the readings and, and studying going on right now. It's like, why is this work? Why does why is this effective? We all know that it, it is effective. It's worked for us. Um, but, the, you know, the real reason is like, why does this bump in volume work? And I think it has to be that lactate shuttling system. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I know in um, Alex Hutchinson's book, Two and Endure, he does talk about how from a central nervous system point of view, um, just like Jake was mentioning with a, with a long training week, you know, training camp week, your, your central nervous system gets more exposed to that level of, you know, effort in general, regardless of where on the lactate threshold spectrum we're talking about. So just like when you get into an interval workout and even though it feels hard, it feels easy. And anybody who knows what I'm talking about would understand that, that that's part of that process too, is just exposing your brain to that sensation. And I think Matt, yeah. I know, and I know in running too, especially way different than cycling is, uh, uh, we were talking about this a little bit ago. Remember we were talking about, you can do your track workouts at altitude if, if you'd like, but you know, a 62 second 400 is a 62 second 400. It's not a 68 second 400. So you also need to, you know, be able to expose your system as a runner to those higher speeds, regardless of of how you feel with that like your your system right. has to be able to run that, at that I think that's speed. more neuromuscular don't yeah, you think absolutely like, motor pattern yeah motor pattern based you have to run the pace that you're going to race at or yeah. i mean really like that's the whole point of speed work right like why do you yeah why are you why running 200 like <laughs> 200 meter work like repeats like okay well otherwise you know you want to get your body used to being able to move at that pace so that you can maintain it for a longer term yep that's that's so, where you know i know um uh, when we're talking about rest, rest recovery as well, I think that's, that's where it's important is if you're like, oh, well, where should I put my, my rest and re like where, you know, I'm a busy, I'm a busy person. I got a job, you know, I got kids, I have a family, I have, you know, those obligations. Well, if you're looking at your year and you really have this nice solid build, just in consistency because you can't shove a ton of volume in, which is fine. But if you have an A race and usually people with busy lifestyles, especially in the triathlon world, have an A race that year. You know, they're, they're not Woot Van Aert who's racing, what, 60, 70 days in a year, if not more. Like, you're, you're going to have that one day. Three, four weeks out, try to build it into your schedule where that's where you hone into that race pace or that's where you really hone into, okay, this is like that workout I've been scared of doing for a long time. That's when you do it, then you recover, then you race. Um, I think the, the amazing thing is when you look at, and Matt, and Matt may know this too, in the ITU world, there's two good examples. Javier Gomez is known as a guy who always shows up and races well, like very well, always like wins like a season's world championship because he gets the most points, you know, back in the mid 2000s. Allie Brownlee was always known as the best one day racer, which meant nobody peaked like, like Allie, uh, like Allie did. That probably means my guess, I haven't looked specifically at his training, he doesn't share it. But I bet he's doing a lot of what Dylan's talking about here, where three, four weeks out, he probably hits an insane week. I'm sure it's some ridiculously structured week. And then going into that A race that he's deemed his A race for either the spring or the summer or whatever, he's hitting better fitness than anybody else there. And that's why I think most people were pretty scared of him, that if he was going to be on a start list, you, you knew he was ready to, ready to go. I'm not sure in the cycling world who would be, who'd be like the best one-day guy, like if you were to in today's, in today's racing world. There's a couple Maybe of them. some classics rider or something. Yeah, but uh, the the crazy thing is nowadays in the cycling world, God, a lot of those guys are even 
great multi. You know, I mean, guys, you would just on any start list want to put him at the top. Yeah. Well, that's like the weird thing about Matthew this Vanderpool, conversation. I feel is, like, it's like yeah. it very much lends itself to stage racing, right? Where we talk about like, hey, you race yourself on these stage races into shape a little bit, right? Where you're working significantly harder than you normally would over a three three week period or even like a one week period, and at the end, you're more fit than when you started. So yeah. it's super interesting. Um, so you're saying, still, po- so you're saying Pogac is clean then, right? <laughs> yeah, they're all clean. They're all <laughs> so, so all that Pogaccia did was he just trained himself into fitness, basically. That's yeah, it. Yeah. In fact, he came in. Um, he was a he was a, like a, a 46 year old overweight um, yeah. white male when yeah. he came into the race, and when he finished, he was a 19 year old. Sylvanian, ten pounds, Sylvanian, racing machine. So that's that's how that works. Change nationality too. <laughs> he just <laughs> cool. Have you guys ever dealt with issues of not getting proper recovery? And have you ever been in an overtrained situation where you've actually had to take some time off? No, no, never. How about you, Lance? I I don't think legitimately overtrained and overdone. I don't think I've ever actually been there how about you man um i had a point where i was doing a massive amount of running volume and i needed to reduce the volume to be able to pick up the pace a little bit so i think that that's it it wasn't your classic like overtraining situation where you have trouble sleeping and your resting heart rate spikes up and things like that um but it was a situation where it was like i needed to turn over the speed a little bit more um, and reducing the volume helped with that, uh, which seems crazy. If you think about it, like our goals are to be faster. Um, but I needed to basically make sure that I was on the travel team at Alabama. We had a team that was going to the NCAA championships. It was a strong team. Uh, and we had a whole bunch of guys that were basically like me. And so I was in the mix for being, you know, like fifth place on the team or ninth place on the team. And they take seven people to race. And so it's like, you needed to be one of those top people or else, you know, you're, you're, I don't know, you're staying home. Matt. Uh, and so there was a point where I was like, I needed to reduce the volume that I was doing so that I could perform better both in the workouts uh, and the, the races. And they weren't necessarily like the end of season races. Um, they were like mid season races. And so that's not exactly the question that you asked, but I've had to, uh, reduce volume and, and be very specific about my training to make sure I was in the mix, so to speak. Matt, Matt was in the running to be the one non Kenyan on, <laughs> on, on, on the traveling squad. <laughs> All right. We know who the four guys are. Who's going to be the only non Kenyan here to run with us. Yeah. You're like McGrand, I guess. Yeah, nope. I guess. Oh God. <laughs> I've never been at that elite station like Matt was in his uh, collegiate racing days, but I mean, I've dipped my toe in the waters of like being on the brink of overtraining and I've always like kind of just pulled back enough just to know that I'm not going to yeah. go over the edge. So yeah. we've, I think we've all flirted with it for sure, but I don't, I, I, yeah. I, it sounds like none of us have I've actually ever been in that overtrained situation yeah. where you've got over overtraining syndrome is a really, I think specific, I think all, all four of us, whether we want to admit it or not have definitely overtrained, but to be over to, to, to reach overtrained syndrome, to, to hit that line, like, like Matt said is you need, well, for, for, for one, there's a few symptoms. It's like you're getting sick a lot. And, you know, I don't think any four of us here knocking on wood are people who frequently get get sick. And there's 
you know, m- like big um, uh, issues with if you're a cyclist too, like bone density, things like that. Th- those all feed into to overtraining syndrome. Um, overtraining itself, yeah, I think we, I mean, I, when I was, I think in my early, I was just at the beginning of grad school, I think. I had a season where I had like two stress fractures compounding on top of each other, which was probably overtraining, just idiotic yeah. overtraining. Not overtraining syndrome. I think my body was stopping me before I was going to get to an actual like serious overtraining issue. But yeah, I think hopefully all of us have been, luckily all of us have something else in our lives too. I think a lot of people who dip into actual overtraining syndrome, um, the sport becomes everything, whether that's cycling, running, or triathlon, it becomes the only thing that they do. Um, and that's where it can get dangerous. That's, that can get very, very, very dangerous, especially when you're talking like loss of sleep, high heart rate resting you know well above what it should be and getting sick frequently gotcha all right so we know that studies are showing that block periodization will definitely yield better adaptations to your your training than just a typical periodized training program by itself Um, and we also have talked about the fact that we know that the recovery cycles are extremely important there let's just talk about recovery in general are you guys doing anything in particular are you guys employing any kind of specific method or taking into consideration different kinds of devices or tools that you can use for that that recovery process and then i I think the biggest one out there's probably going to be um aside from just like rest in general, but like the nutrition component of it, what are you guys doing on all of those fronts to help you and and aid you in the whole recovery process? Lance, are you doing anything special? Well, I I've talked about this before. Um, I, I have a whoop strap that I wear and it gives me actually a recovery number every morning. So I have an idea of, of, of where my resting heart rate is, what my, how, how good of sleep I got and that, uh, and what my um, heart rate variability is, and that correlates to an actual number of recovery. And I can see if I have buried myself, and I've buried myself a couple of times, but it never for more than a couple days at a time. Um, at training camp, we, you know, it was kind of a badge of honor between the people who had whoop scores who had the lowest recovery score the next day, and <laughs> just <laughs> stupid. Yeah, single digit but, red. Yeah. <laughs> But um, I, I think taking my sleep seriously and, and trying to rest properly, um, I've talked a lot about my diet as well. I mean, um, I, I actually, I don't have a, I, I, yes, I've been vegan for like the last year and I've been really careful about that. But, you know, people ask me, what do you eat when you're a vegan? And I say French fries and candy because those are both vegan. You can just eat French <laughs> fries and candy. <laughs> so... I, I do try to um, eat a lot of whole grains and a lot of fruit and vegetables, and and but I still eat bread and I still do eat candy sometimes too. And so, um, I, I know that when I'm eating better, that my recovery scores are better. When I'm sleeping right, my recovery scores are better. I, I those all those things have, I guess, made a difference. Case in point, yesterday I did this huge ride with Yuri. Um, you know, four hours with a lot of hard efforts in there. And I woke up with a, like a 90% recovery score this morning still. So, which was Solid. way more than I, you know, expected. So let me ask you another question too. This is a luxury that you probably have that most of us sitting here with you don't. Um, do you take naps frequently throughout the day? Do you nap after your, your workouts? That's a great question. Um, I've never been a napper my yeah. entire life. 
Okay. I don't nap. Okay. I not not after hard efforts, not after hard workouts. I I I don't okay. nap. How about you, Matt? Are you a napper? I I would say I would love to take like I am the opposite of Lance. I would love to take a nap every day if possible. Uh, I actually think that when I was running a significant amount, um, I would try to. Uh, again, I was younger. I didn't. I didn't nap as well. Um, now I think I could nap. Like you, you just ask me right now, and I'd be like, "Boom, I'm out." Uh, but <laughs> I don't have time to anymore. Um, and so even on the week, I mean, the weekends are busy with family stuff, and it's like, so I unfortunately don't get to nap. Uh, I would love to. I really think that that would be something that would help me on a number of different things that I've gone through. Like even like all these Achilles issues, I think having some real decent sleep would help me a lot. Uh, so it's something I should try to make time for, but it's like, man, there's so many other things that I, I want to do and want to get done that it's hard for me to turn my brain off. So I'm the same way. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, if I'm taking a nap, my wife, the first thing that goes through her head is like, you're sick, aren't you? Cause that's the only time I ever take a nap is when I'm sick. Just because I will actually take the time to go sit down and rest. That's where I'll have to quarantine you to this room if I walk in here and you're laying on the ground napping one day. I'd be like, we have to kill him now. This is it. COVID. How about you, Evan? I, I, I don't. I, I envision Evan getting about four hours of sleep a day, and if he sleeps in, it's four and a half. And then other you know, days he's up like for I don't know, twenty two hours. I've been I've been trying. Me and me and Cassie are getting a little bit better at really trying to you know kind of like. I always go back to Lansing is like you, you, you always have time for things like whether, whether you think you do or not. And sleep has been the one for me that I think I'm just kind of coming to a realization this year, as much as I'm still going to work and want to be as fit as absolutely possible. But after following some of these young pros that I'm now actually having to race, race is a strong word for what I'm doing with them, chasing them as they go further and further away from me. You know, it was one of my favorite videos was Sam Long and, um, uh, Elliot Bach, another guy, Elliot does some coaching. Um, and they were talking about the, the importance of recovery with, with the people that they coach. And this is how disconnected some of these guys are from people who, you know, are in like Matt's situation, as he just says, kids and job is they, they were talking about how, when they introduced a nap into their day, how much better their training day felt. And it was like this huge realization to them. And for, for me, it was almost funny listening to, cause it's like, well, yeah, that, that obviously makes a lot of sense recovery wise, but as a coach, you should really be able to look at, okay, what is this person able to actually recover? Cause it sounds awesome in theory until you actually look at somebody's lifestyle and you're like, oh yeah, Matt has, you know, 32 kids and is, you know, making all the apps for Phil Knight personally on his phone right now. So yeah, pretty much it. Yeah. So, I mean, that's basically Matt's lifestyle and there's, there's not going to be a chance where I can say like, Matt, man, your whoop score is low right now. Make sure you get that hour and a half nap in today. And that'll be like, awesome. Not going to happen probably. <laughs> but I have been able to find that I really could consistently get seven hours of sleep, maybe even seven and a half. And on the weekends, cause I don't have kids, I really can't control my sleep. And we're getting at least, we're getting eight or nine hours of sleep on the weekends. Mostly that means we go to bed literally at like 9 p.m. It'd be like a Saturday night and we're like, right, 9 p.m., time to go to bed because I'm waking up and cranking out 14, 15 miles of hard intervals in the morning. Old man, old timey Evan Price. Because I still do want to get faster, but I have to realize that during the week, you know, I have to wake up at 4.30 if I want to get in a good solid morning workout because 
um, along with being anybody in the medical field knows this, Kristen, I'm sure if she ever listens to this would be like, oh yeah, I know exactly what he's talking about. If, If you ever talk to a medical provider at what time they spend in the clinic, that's like only 75% of the hours you actually work. Most of my time is worrying about documentation, insurance claims, authorizations. Lance is probably cracking up listening to all of this right now. But that's, I mean, <laughs> you know, you, you wake up and Lance, you probably remember this is just to chart the day. Let's see, I'm seeing 16, 17 patients that day or whatever. That's at least two hours of documentation outside the time you actually see that patient. At the ver- That's like hyperproductive two hours. So... Time management becomes important, but I can still get seven, seven and a half hours of sleep, regardless, I think, unless yeah, I want to train I hit the nail on the head. It's always like all these people like we and I, I'm the most guilty of anyone is like when you when we don't kind of complain about not having enough time to do something, we're still saying like we're prioritizing something else over yeah. whatever it is, whether that's we're prioritizing hanging out with our family over sleep or prioritizing, mm-hmm. you know, our hour Zwift ride versus you know like making a video or whatever it is like we're all trying to like figure out that balance and i could prioritize a nap and it would probably make me better in a lot of ways and so something i should try for sure right here's Mm -hmm. here's a few other things i have questions for you on um these are some different methods or devices that are aimed at uh helping with recovery do you guys use frequent massage or do you guys use massage therapy I don't like people touching my calves. (laughs) (laughs) I have one of those massage guns. I bet. I bet. I mean, well, I think you have one somewhere. Yeah, I do. I use use the Theragun frequently. I need to, like, remember to use it more frequently. And I just, I don't think that they're, like, the highest priority for recovery. Um, Here's here's my. I'm not going to go pay for a massage. Yeah. Cheap, man. Cheap. my, My two cents on recovery, like, items is if it helps you sleep, then it's worthwhile. Yeah, that's a good point. That's my one thing, is if you're in pain, so like Jake's, Jake, Jake would be a good example coming back from his his injury. If there was something that we had slapped on his shoulder and was like, man, that makes it feel better, and Jake was able to sleep two more hours a night, it's not that the thing we slapped on the shoulder is, is the direct cause of his recovery, but it's definitely helping along because he's sleeping more. So you're saying yeah. you have something for my shoulders so I can get more than five hours of sleep? I got tonight? something I can just Come slap on, on there right now. <laughs> Two and a half so years later, I'm still dealing with the most magical CBD thing. you'll ever see in your entire <laughs> just just super magic CBD laced with all kinds of fun things. I <laughs> yeah, bet exactly. <laughs> all right, um, how about the uh, foam roll or the stick? You guys using those? I used to have the Matt. Did you ever see the one that all the runners were obsessed with? It was just roller skates that was basically attached to a spring was the thing that you just like clamped on it. your quad. I've, I actually, um, I've seen it and I've tested it, but I have I don't own one of those. I love one. I, I used to live with a guy who he was a runner and had one of those and I loved it. But outside that, no, I, I've never foam roll. Well, they say that those are, uh, you know, they're beneficial and they can't take the place of mm-hmm. a massage therapist for the, the cheap people out there that don't want to go see a massage therapist. <laughs> yeah. I still, I still tend to say if you're, if you're really looking at recovery, go, go find a massage therapist you trust. Yeah. That's that's why I say is like is like if you're if you're looking to buy and like be like what foam roll program do I need to do is like uh, once a week go and find a massage therapist that you like trust and find find value in. Yeah. Uh, Lance, do you use any of those things? I don't get massages. Um, I have a, a stick in the van that yep. I keep with me. I can't remember the last time I pulled it out. Gotcha. So I I just don't use them. <laughs> I do have a set of those knockoff Normatec recovery boots. That was my next thing. Yep. Go ahead. Yeah. 
and I do I do use those after hard efforts, but I don't keep those in the van, so I haven't used them in a couple months because yeah, they're at I feel home. Like, it's like nice to have, but it's not like something that you're like it's not critical. Do you, yeah. Do you know what one of the funniest things I ever saw? Matt, you'll crack up at this. Actually, Lance, you will too, because you've been in Iron Man Villages. I remember once I saw a line for the Normatech boots. Uh, this was like before a half. And this is, Cassie always cracks up. I'm I'm the most like just relaxed, but like for me, recovery the day before race, day or two before race is all about try not to stay stressed out. So just joke around a bunch. Don't take anything too seriously. Make sure you're making jokes all the time, smiling and stay low stress. There was a right. guy who was at the very back of this line waiting for Normatech, which means he probably was going to be standing on his feet for like two, three hours waiting for this line to then sit down for 15 minutes to strap these things on to squeeze his legs for a little bit to then have to stress, go rack his bike and then go back to the hotel and him and his training partner or whatever were sitting there yelling at each other over the benefits of Normatech, which I was cracking <laughs> up at that moment. I told Cassie, I was like, I think they're both really missing the entire thing on recovery right now because these guys look hyper stressed out in this moment. So that's funny. Um, that does not surprise me that there was a huge line for Norma tech at an Ironman event. I mean, dude, at all. yeah, it just, it just cracks me up. It's like, I've, I just don't understand. Like, like if you have one at home, that's great. But like, if you're going to stand on your feet to wait for one for three hours, you're missing the point of recovery, I think. Well, and I think maybe the benefits are probably post, race but yeah that's just yeah anyway i I'll mean sleep. i and i would never wait in line no offense to the people that do it like i just <laughs> that's just not something i would do for that particular product i mean yeah. i know it's a good product um it's an expensive product for sure but uh yeah i think they're kind of one of those like this feels nice kind of situations so yep they uh have don't have many conclusive uh, studies or reports on the no. Normatech stuff, but they do say that it helps you relax, and it says that it does help you marginally with soreness the next day, which will actually help you perform a little bit better. But I don't think there's going to be any performance gains that come from those. Yeah, so, so is a problem with subjective studies. Yeah, and then uh, the last one would be: Do you guys do any kind of like ice baths or cold water treatments? I take cold showers. How about you guys? I used to do ice baths in college, and I think the new the the studies now are saying that. There's not a lot of benefits there. Exactly. That was my point was going to be that they're um, slightly better than passive recovery, but it actually could hinder the adaptation to ex exercise. So it's kind of working against you a little bit, in my opinion. So it's better just to pass on those. And the other thing that's interesting is as opposed to like ice baths is um, heat. There's some good information on heat and like saunas and things like that, which is, again, something I don't really do. Uh, but there's some blood plasma volume. If you look Correct. at like studies of blood, blood plasma volume and saunas and things like that. So, so heat as opposed to ice, uh, there may be some real benefits there. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So, gotcha. yeah. So if you're, if you're thinking, you know, which one you're going to choose, pick, yeah. pick hot, gotcha. don't pick cold. And then the last, yeah, if, go ahead, go ahead, Lance. If, if, if you, uh, if you get in a sauna post workout for at least 20 minutes and it's above yeah. 140 degrees, you will over time increase your blood plasma volume, which will allow you to go longer, faster. So good. Good points. And then the last bit would be nutrition. And just wanted to kind of touch on this. We've kind of already alluded to some of that. Um, is there any kind of a nutritional approach that you guys take once you're done with a workout? 
I always do some kind of recovery drink um, that has a mix of protein and carbohydrates in it to just uh, replenish what I've burned. I try to do that after every ride. Gotcha. How about you, Matt? You know, I used to do like uh, protein drinks and stuff like that afterwards. I don't think that, I mean, for me, like getting in calories directly after a long, brutal workout, I think is, is more important than anything else. Uh, I don't think you have to get that from a protein drink. Um, I think that, you know, carbs are actually probably pretty critical if you actually look at the data of like carbs versus protein. And I know that there's like people will say that there's this magical two thirds combo between those two. But I don't think that the studies really like show that to be the truth. Um, so, yeah. So uh, but when I was doing longer stuff, I just liked having something really cold afterwards. So I would make like a kind of like an ice protein smoothie kind of thing. And that just hit the spot. So good. How about you, Evan? You do a lot of crazy stuff. What are you doing post workout? <laughs> Carbs, 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 so many carbs, all the chips, all the chips. Yeah. <laughs> usually it's like pretty instantly right after the ride, like Saturday's a good example or Sunday's a good example. Usually if I do like a long ride and then a run after, let's say it was like around five hours of training. The very first thing I will do is there's like this nice little Tostitos white, uh, white cheese, I think dip that I like. And I will just grab that directly out of the fridge, open it up, and then I will eat chips while I'm thinking about taking a shower. So, like, even prior to shower, I will take in fat and carbs instantly, like, right away. And then I'll usually chug, like, a, you know, the Arizona teas? Yeah. That's the one thing I can drink really fast. So, I will just drink an entire Arizona tea within, like, 30 seconds usually. But, yeah, I think we're all on the same page. It's like, taking stuff right away. Gotcha. Definitely agree with you on that one. I think that carbs are going to be your, your most uh, important right afterwards and hitting carbs within that, that little, they say the 30 minute window after workout, but it's not like that window just automatically shuts. It just becomes less efficient about um, absorbing all those carbs and you know, converting back into glycogen to top off your, your stores. I think getting those carbs, though, is super important. And um, yeah, I think that the nutrition component of it is just as important as anything else. Anything else you guys want to throw out that? No. Cool. Everybody's shaking their head. No, it's good for radio. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's so much more we could talk about this. And I think just the nutrition component, we could just delve into for hours and whatnot, but uh, maybe something we could chat about a little bit more in the future. Um, but for today, that's enough. Let's get into one last thing. Evan, mm. stick with the theme of you going first on everything today. My my dad is out in St. Louis right now riding the Katy Trail. If anybody knows what the Katy Trail is, the Katy Trail is a 240-mile, like, gravel-slash-concrete trail that goes from, like, the north Texas up through St. Louis and back. Cool. It's it's supposed to be a really, really cool um, uh, trail in there. I think, uh, for, from what I was just reading, actually, on Google about it, they're, they're trying to expand it. So so my dad's, while he's in St. Louis for a while, going to be randomly doing some of, some of that uh, trail, which is awesome. Um yeah, outside of that, uh, who wants to wake up early on Thursday? Lance. Lance, I know you're going to be in town. I know that you can take a nap right after that ride. And I really, really want to crush you virtually. So I need you to be at that 4.30 ride. It's a blast. Trust me. It's like I, me. I give it. It's like it me, a, Nate, Scott. A solid, like, there's a solid 10% chance I'll Ooh, be there. 10%. That, that's actually way more than I thought you were going to give it. Nice. Okay. 
Eight percent. Eight percent. Good. I'll still take it. Matt, what what percentage chance will you be there? This is Thursday morning at four thirty. At four thirty, yeah. Um, I'm gonna go with a three percent chance. Three percent. That's eleven percent total. Jake, what's the percentage? Uh, about. 1.3% chance. We are we are at almost 13% chance between three people that one of them <laughs> might show up. Pretty, I like, yeah, pretty slim. I like my odds. I don't know. Given the way I sleep anymore, I should get up and just join you. Oh, this would be good if I had the little audio thing from uh, Jim Carrey going, so you're saying there's a chance? Yeah. That, that'd be perfect for that. Yeah. Dumb and dumber, yep. <laughs> we should have a podcast that's purely off of just like trying to plug in old like movie you know, quotes? 90s movie quotes. Yeah. Challenge Nothing accepted. but Ace Ventura. Just a ton of Ace Ventura. <laughs> Awesome. Mr. Matt, one last thing. Uh, I did a video this past week, I think, um, comparing two watches from Polar, the Vantage V2 and the Polar Grid X. Pretty cool video. Um, You know, I tried to do this weird thing where I would, like, have the watches come in and do a splash intro. And, eh, didn't really turn out that great. It didn't turn out as well as I hoped it would. But that's the fun part about making these videos is you can try stuff. And, uh, you know, you can you can try to make it cinematic. And if it doesn't work, you just still just put it out there anyway. <laughs> um, so, yeah, you guys should definitely check that video out, uh, especially if you're not super familiar with like Polar's offerings, uh, just so you can be more familiar with their product line. Um, and then uh, more videos to come for sure. I do. Uh, I have the uh, new bike video kind of in. I, I need to work on that potentially this week. Um and then a whole bunch of stuff kind of at the end of the year. I'm looking at like top three favorite products from the year. I'm going to do some more giveaways. I have a whole bunch of stuff to give away. Uh, so a lot of fun stuff to check out if you check out my YouTube channel, which is youtube.com slash Get on it. Jump on it. Hit the subscribe button and notify yourself of all the important stuff. And smash the like button. Smash, smash it. Smash that like button. Talking to you, Lance. Get on it, man. <laughs> Subscribe. I'm, just, I'm a subscriber and get notifica- the notification. Do the I notification get the notif- bell. Yeah, I do that. I'm I'm all love about you, Matt. Like Matt, that. I'm gonna be honest. I don't do the notification bell. Here's here's the main reason yeah, man, I don't. You don't even you don't even like watch it <laughs> logged in. You need to figure out your password. You need to log in. First off, all of my YouTube stuff is Cassie's. So if you ever see Cassie <laughs> commenting on anything, it's probably me commenting on it. But I, the reason okay. I don't do I'll take that. The notification bell is a little bit too much. It's, it's, I, I don't want you telling me when to watch things, basically. Okay. <laughs> okay. Once a week, Evan. I know. But, once but, a week. But I'm, I, I put aside Matt's videos for when I want to watch them. I don't want you telling me when I need to watch the video. No, you need to watch them now, Evan. <laughs> <laughs> this bell says watch this video right now. <laughs> That's, That's fair. Cool. I'll take that. As long as you're watching them. I also I, like that. Gotcha. Yep. One last thing, bud. Um, just one more big happy birthday shout out to Jake Von During. Um, just super thankful that you put this little podcast together and get the four of us together every week. And it's certainly a highlight of my week. And just thank you for continuing to do this stuff we're over two years now right where are we at like two and a half years it's like two and a half years because 150 is coming up soon yeah one every week for one we've only done this 143 times so we're just oh my that's like three years is coming up yeah oh man yeah that's a lot i'm getting old like on this podcast
Yep. By the time I'm like done with this podcast, I'll be like in my seventies or something like that. And you want to hear something really Lance funny? Lance will for sure not be around by then. You, you want to hear something <laughs> really funny? Lake will have to take Lance's place. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to hear something funny, go back and listen to the first one. I need to. Oh I need to. My it's gosh. been a long time since I heard the first that one. That was yeah. funny. Yeah, and what's funny about that podcast is that was, was that just you, me, and Matt? Yeah. It was, yeah. That was pre-Lance. Lance joined us on the thing on episode four. Was it? Lance? It's, yeah. Lance I think is, it, was, it was three or four. Lance yeah. is still brand new to me. Yeah. <laughs> so the first one we did, it was supposed to be the three of us sitting down and just kind of practicing because we didn't know what we were doing. I didn't know what half the buttons were and all that other stuff. We were just sitting down practicing. We just started talking and we finished like, ah, let's, let's roll with let's that. Post that. Yeah, yeah. Let's post that. So, yeah. Let's make that one the first yeah. one. <laughs> that was fun. Yeah. Cool. We're still testing out to see if we want to keep Lance on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's, should, should should we start calling Lance the intern since he was the since he was episode intern. four? Like, is the intern still here? God, when when is he going to move on? Is he going to find a job soon? We haven't paid him once. Oh, I've I've no, tried to mention I that to you, Lance. You 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 need to be here five years before your paychecks start coming in for the podcast. Yeah. So. <laughs> awesome. Thanks for that, Lance. I appreciate it. You bet. My one last thing, and I'm not trying to be a copycat to Matt, but we have a little uh, YouTube channel now. Myself and Lance have been working on this thing. We hit 100 subscribers over the weekend, you guys. So we can now officially say you can go to youtube.com forward slash downcycling. Nice. Check out the downcycling channel. When you hit 100, yeah. do you get like an email from YouTube or something? Or is there like... No, it was like womp, womp, womp. You know, it was oh, a, man. Yeah. You had to go in there and just like... Act, you, you, you're able to act, mark, yeah. yeah. You can activate your whole like personalized URL. So yeah. before that, we were just a bunch of numbers and characters and whatnot. Nice. So now we have a... a real a, URL. A full-on real URL. And then we are about ready to post our latest and greatest, which will be out later on today or maybe this evening, depending upon how long it takes to render. But um, it will be the Essentials of Road Biking, which will finish up our little Essentials um, series. And the, the premise behind this was there are so many people that are new to cycling, and we just wanted to kind of go through the Essentials of Gravel Riding, the Essentials of Mountain Biking, and the Essentials of Road Riding. So that's going to be the one that comes out next is the Road Riding one. Maybe we'll have to have you and Matt come on for the Essentials of Triathlon or something like that. Of triathloning. Nah. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> but um, that will be out this afternoon or evening, and check it out. And if you haven't subscribed, consider doing so, or get on there and ridicule us and poke fun at us and tell us how bad the videos are, <laughs> which I don't care because we're having fun, which is all Yes, we are having fun. Yeah. All right. We really appreciate everybody listening. Uh, go check us out on uh, Patreon and YouTube. And if you have any questions, hit us up on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash uh, dial podcast and we appreciate listening again we'll see you next week bye for now bye